Good morning, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Tuesday. It is, can you feel it? The anticipation, the moment arriving. That's right. The Cheesehead TV Pro Football Draft Guide is almost here. You can still get the pre-sale price today, but do it, people. Hurry up before that thing goes live and... And then all of a sudden, you have to pay a little bit more money for some phenomenal content. Um, it's every year. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. It is really marks my kind of beginning of diving in. I get that the draft industrial complex is a 365 endeavor, and people have been talking about the draft for seemingly months already. Oh, boy, have they. But now is the time. A couple weeks out, draft guide drops. Now is the time I really start to really kind of go in on some of these prospects, look at, uh, you know, where the Packers sit in the draft comparative to their peers and the ammo that Brian has at his disposal, and then look at the roster makeup and where I think uh, the value is in the draft and things of that nature. But uh, it all starts with the Cheesehead TV Pro Football Draft Guide dropping very, very soon. Um, like I said, get on it today. Get your pre-sale price locked in. Um, I will be doing a bunch of, of draft stuff coming up here in the next uh, couple weeks, uh, starting with this afternoon. Actually, I'm going to be talking to Peter Bukowski um, for the YouTube channel. Going to talk draft, and he's a guy who's been looking at these uh, prospects, taking deep dives for a while now. So I help have Peter help me get up to speed. But in the meantime, check it out, Pro Football Draft Guide here at Cheesehead TV. Find the link on the homepage. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. There are a ton of draft guides out there. All of them are excellent. Lots of really, really good people putting together a ton of great quality content. But as we have for the last 12 years, she said TV, we bring you a draft guide specifically from the perspective of the Green Bay Packers. You know, 31 other teams, who cares about them? We want to know what the Packers are thinking about these guys and how they might fit in Green Bay. That's what you want. You're a Packers fan, clearly, because you're here listening to me ramble on a Tuesday. Hello to everybody in the comment section. Good morning. Good day, Dale from London. Good day from New York City. I hope you're well, Dale. Hope you're hanging in there. Marcus starts us off with a super chat. What's up, buddy? Thanks for the super chat. Every time I try not to be a draft industrial complex, they drag me back in. I get it, man. It's all about hope. It's all about the new. It's all about looking forward. That's what's so great about the draft. That's why we love it. It renews your energy and hope in a, in a team that has consistently let you down in January. And then in April, it's time to hope anew. So I get it. Or hell, if you're a team that never wins and never in the playoffs, it's time to think about how you might be building something. And of course, you rarely are. And you just end up firing the coach a couple years later and a new GM a couple years after that. And then you're starting the process all over again. But the hope is there every April. Gotta love it. William, thanks for the super chat. I believe we will still be top two in the NFC in 2022. William, I. I don't disagree. I've, I've been seeing some negative uh, stuff written and uh, pontificated about when it comes to the green and gold. And I understand that, especially now this time of year when headlines rule and everybody looks at what everybody else is quote unquote doing to get better. And I understand all that, but making headlines and signing a bunch of dudes doesn't automatically mean you're getting better. That's not how you build a program. Um, yes can be successful as the Rams certainly showed last year in bringing in a bunch of names and talent collecting rather than 
actual team building. They certainly won their Super Bowl, and they absolutely no one can take it away from them. But just because you're making a bunch of headlines in March and April doesn't mean you're, quote-unquote, getting better or pulling ahead of the Packers. But I understand why that perception might be out there. And I just can't wait for September to roll around. The Packers keep winning football games. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we were so wrong about the Packers. Can't wait. Dave, thanks for the Super Chat. Any chance you will talk with Mike Wall on YouTube or Patreon? Have enjoyed hearing him talk Packers elsewhere. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll reach out to Mike. What's funny, I met Mike, never met him when he was playing, but I met him years ago when I was still with Bleacher Report. He was with an app, I think, or if something, some kind of website that was, uh, I don't know, was trying to get a foothold in the online world, so to speak, on the sports side. And we had a meeting at the coffee shop, which is no longer there in Union Square. And it was crazy how much he thinned out from his playing days. Um, and I've seen him do the videos with Andy and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to Mike. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll reach out. Um, but, man, you talk about Mike Wall is such a great story in the sense of I don't think a lot of Packers fans remember that when he began, you know, he was the supplementary draft pick. And he began playing left tackle and was terrible. And then they put him in a guard. And that's when he obviously really took off and became one of the best guards in the league. I mean, to this day, he's one of the best kind of athletic interior linemen I've ever seen as far as what they would ask him to do to get out in the perimeter on some of that outside stuff and pulling to lead the way for Amon Green. That cat was out of sight. He's such a good player. Uh, who we got here? Jason, thanks for the Super Chat. Hey, Nags, who's your favorite one first-round draft pick? Well, as the title intimates here, I haven't really – dove in yet as far as all of the players but of the guys i've watched jordan reed not even a question like i love all the receivers that i've seen they're definitely talented and there's certainly some edge guys that tickle your fancy so to speak but man reed he's a beast he's a man among men i wish he would last to 22 i know that isn't gonna happen but he's he's probably my favorite tyler thanks for the super chat Keep Watson's name out your motherfucking mouth. Go Bison. <laughs> Can't wait for the Packers to draft him. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Uh, perhaps a silly question, but would you rather have one first-team all-pro player or two nearly Pro Bowl players? I don't, man, there's so many levels to that. I mean, does it – I don't know. Does it depend on, like, where they play? and who they're playing against and with alongside them. What's the scheme? Uh, who's the coach? Man, there's so many, I don't know. There's so many levels there. Um, what what did it take to acquire them? I don't know, man. What do I think about the Saints picks? Kenneth, yeah, that was a, that was a brain teaser that they pulled off yesterday with the Eagles. It sure feels like the Eagles got the much better end of that deal. Um, the Saints must have a plan of some kind. I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's about a quarterback. Not this year. Um, but, you know, this is the team that jumped up to get Davenport back in the day, and that's why the Packers were able to drop back and then jump up again and get Jair. I mean, so, you know, they're not afraid to be aggressive about whatever it is they want. So, I don't know. Uh uh, I believe the complicated guy, I believe you mean complicated fellow, sir, uh, will see this year as the ultimate challenge without 17. 
I think there's something to that. I do think it's going to be interesting to see kind of the makeup of the roster and the wide receiver group and the distribution of the football and how they utilize the passing game in the sense of not being so, you know, one receiver centric. But I do think, you know, yeah, I, I don't see how Aaron could see it as anything else, especially if people start saying, you know, oh, without Devontae, they don't have much. And if they still kind of march up and down the field and still score 30 points a game. I mean, Aaron put a big damn feather in his cap. I mean, as well as Matt LaFleur. That's the other thing. I made a video what, a month or two ago about it's time for Matt LaFleur to shine, man. Um, there's no doubt that they are still going to bring people in. They're going to have probably sign a free agent and or trade for somebody along with drafting at least one, if not two wide receivers. I, I That's probably all going to happen. But none of them are going to be as good as Devontae. We all know that. So I think it's time, yeah, let Matt LaFleur really cook and kind of lean into uh, a lot of the scheme stuff a little bit more, especially on early downs. I think Rodgers clearly is going to be the master of third down. Um, has been in the league 17 years. It's like there ain't nothing he, ain't, he hasn't seen yet. But, yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how he approaches this season, regard like whoever's out there with him. Um, and here's the thing. It's like, the, the receiving core he has, no doubt, under a huge makeover. But after that, it's like a lot of the same guys. You know, it's not like this he's walking into a whole new situation or anything. Same scheme. Most of the guys are similar, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you go and watch that Arizona game. I was watching that yesterday afternoon when he didn't have, you know, basically his top three receivers. And he isn't as – his numbers aren't as good in that game. There's a lot – he's – I mean, into the third quarter, I think he's below 50%, you know, completion rate. But I think some of that's to be expected, utilizing lots of, like, Jawan Winfrey and guys he hasn't thrown to a whole bunch. But, man, as that game goes on, he finds his comfort level. He finds Randall Cobb a couple times in the end zone, you know? Like, they make it fucking work. And the other fucking great part of that game is they pound the fucking ball. They run the ball in that game. Both Jones and Dylan truck dudes at the line of scrimmage in that game. I posted one clip yesterday where... A.J. Dillon gets hit basically a yard behind the line of scrimmage. Free safety just comes in and, like, fills the hole. Dillon just spins, bounces off a dude, breaks another tackle, gets nine yards. I mean, that that game, like, if you need no other evidence, then, you know, you need something to cling to for how are Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers going to make this work. Watch that game. And I'm not saying it's going to be like that every week. I'm not saying this is the blueprint or anything like that. But it is a perfect example of their ability to adjust to whatever personnel they have available. And don't forget, they lost Tunyon halfway. Like, well, second half of that game, you know, they were flying a spaceship that was breaking down like the Millennium Falcon. And they navigated their way through the asteroid field. I mean, that game is awesome. I love, love rewatching that game. All right, a bunch of super chats here. Christian, thank you for the super sticker. Marshall, thank you for the super chat. What's your best Packers draft pick, Sands Rogers, and worst draft pick ever, Sands Mandrich? Ooh, I like these parameters. Best Packers draft pick that I've ever seen or ever in life? Like the history of, I mean, because then it's Bart Starr, right? I mean, considering he was taken in, what, the 15th round or whatever. Um, but in my lifetime that I've gotten to witness, Whew, that's a tough one. 
right now i would i mean it sounds like hyperbole but i'd probably say Devonte. i mean i'm struggling to struggling to think of somebody else maybe jair but i don't know man Devonte became one of the greatest receivers ever to don the green and gold um especially after the rough beginning to his career that's a pretty damn good pick uh worst draft pick ever other than mandrich um <laughs> Who was the there was a linebacker? I always I always forget his name, but there was a linebacker who I think Ted selected in like the sixth round, who never even like barely got on the field in training camp, let alone a preseason game, and then got cut. Like it was the quickest. Like w- yeah, this guy was not. What was his name? Damn it, Elroy? No, I don't remember. But there was a linebacker who like barely made it through like a couple weeks of camp, and they were like, oh no. We made a monster mistake. But I, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to remember his name. Christian, thank you for the super chat. I know we need a few wide receivers, but are we underestimating the guys we already have? I mean, you want to you wanna hope so, right? You want to think that. I totally get it. And God knows I am the one who trumpets and, and like tries to pump up every guy, every guy who wears the green and gold because they're Packers. And I'm a Packers fan, and that's what I do. But – you also have to recognize some realities in the sense of, you know, if the Packers had a bunch of talent on hand past Devante, they probably would have come to the fore a little bit more, say, in a playoff game when it was win or go home. And, you know, you would have thought you'd get a little bit more production from anybody other than Devante. And now some of that's on Rodgers, obviously. But, um, you know, I want to I want to love the idea of Juwan Winfrey taking a huge leap forward, right? Just give him a chance. Um, I want to believe that Malik Taylor will suddenly blossom if given the opportunity. But hope is not a plan, and there's a reason they are where they are on the death chart up to this point when you're just talking about pure athleticism, athletic upside, etc. That is not to say that they cannot do it. Now, that is not to say to completely dismiss the possibility. I mean, Juwan Winfrey had a phenomenal training camp last year. I mean, phenomenal. However, the history of the league is littered with guys who look great in the summer, even when the pads come on in training camp, and then completely wilt when, you know, things are live in a real game. And I thought he acquitted himself well in that Cardinals game. Um, Certainly some mistakes. Um, Got chewed out at least once by Aaron. Um, Had the fumble, etc. So those are the things where all of a sudden those things, it's live and people are hitting you for real and, the whole intensity goes up a level and some guys shine in that scenario and some guys wilt. And, um, you know, the, the mark of being able to say like you are an NFL receiver and you are here to stay is consistency and your ability to do it week after week, not only in games, but definitely in practice when you got an MVP throwing you the football. And if you are doing it consistently, you're probably going to get at least a chance to show that you can do it in a game. Um, but all of that said, and I'm not saying that you're intimating this, but you certainly don't if you're Brian Gutekunst sit there and say, well, you know what, I I really like our young guys, and they're definitely going to step to the fore. That's a real good way to fool yourself into some real bad situations with your roster. Uh, Adam, thank you for the super chat. Would a trade for Cooks be worth it? Don't know a ton about the guy. I don't. I don't hate the idea. It's all about where you perceive the value to be right. And what you would be giving up to get him. 
Um, I think I read yesterday they're asking for a second round pick. That's a bit rich for my blood. But um, if they can get that down to a third, maybe even a fourth, then I think it's definitely worth it. Probably a fourth is where Brian would come down. I mean, remember, you offered up a fourth for Will Fuller. Um, yeah, I think he's still got talent. And I think he's definitely got the ability to help the Packers, no doubt about it. It's all about what you are willing to give up. Again, a second round pick is a little too rich for me. But that's just me. Soder's in here saying, run the damn ball. That's my guy. That's my guy right there. Jason, thank you for the super chat. Do you think with Aaron having to throw to more than one wide receiver this year, will our offense be the best yet? Man, I don't know. It's going to be tough to top 2021. And that offense was phenomenal and incredibly efficient. And the way they stayed ahead of the sticks and spread things around, and that was with Devontae. Um, could they be? Could it force them to be? Yeah. There's the possibilities there. I mean, I'm not the first to make this kind of comparison. It is something that keeps kind of leaping up in my mind, though, is that, you know, remember Brett Favre when he lost Sterling Sharp. It's when his game went to another level because he was forced to spread it around and he had to run basically within the parameters of the offense rather than looking for Sterling every time and pulling the trigger. You know, went through his progressions and distributed the football, and that's when Holmgren and he really started to cook. And that's when you started to have those games where Corey and I talk about this all the time, where, you you know, the graphic uh, third quarter on Fox would be like, Brett Favre has hit like, you know, 11 different receivers or whatever. Um, you know, that rarely is. That, that happened back in 2021 with Aaron, but uh, certainly didn't happen last year. And I think having, being forced to get into some of that would, has the potential. It has the potential to really help the offense. Yes, there. I will. I will say that. But best yet, that's a big jump. Kathleen, thanks for the super sticker. Very much appreciated. We got Dave here. Thanks for the super chat, buddy. Can't wait to obsess over the draft and then fall in love with all the undrafted free agents during training camp. Love the draft, but the heart is with the UFDA UDFA signings. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always like a story or two, right? Like Jack Heflin last year. Trash can full of dirt. And then he like was barely active all season long. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. You love those stories. You love these guys who are overlooked and or undrafted for whatever reason. And then they latch on in camp and make a little noise, turn your head. I love it. I love it. I, I'm right there with you. What else we got? We got Chris. What's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Nags, 23 days until the draft. You know what that means? P.S. Try the veal. Chris is here for all your humor needs. Uh, Where should Jenkins play when he returns? That's a really good question. And yes, everybody, I do mean 2020. Sorry. I keep thinking I'm further out than I am. Um, Where should Jenkins play? I mean, the obvious answer as far as um, where the value is, is a right tackle. But it all depends on what they do there and how people are playing. If Runyon and Newman are in there at guard, like playing lights out, it's really easy to make that decision. But if either Runyon or Newman are struggling, you know, or whoever ends up at starting guard, and, uh, you know, you need to shore up the middle of your line, and you put them at guard. But we're such a long way away. I think circumstance will obviously dictate a lot of that. But I think the kind of chalk answer should be right tackle. But we'll see. Like I said, long way to go. Timbo, thanks for the Super Chat. I'm guessing Packers front office will have an eye on USFL new league to possibly find players. Well, I mean, 
I'm sure someone, somebody on the staff will watch those games, but I mean, most of those guys are known to personnel people. A lot of them, not a lot, but some of them are ex NFL players. Um, I don't think there'll be anybody on their, you know, on the, on the USFL squads that aren't on their radar in one way, shape or form. Um, funnily enough, I was just, if uh, a little final plug for the NFL's, uh, for the Chia's head TV pro football draft guide before I head out, uh, I talked with Milt Hendrickson, um, for a personnel guy for the Packers. And I have an interview in the draft guide and we touched on that while we were talking, um, this idea that, you know, 20 years ago, it was a very different landscape as far as finding the, the diamonds in the rough or the unheralded unknown guys, a lot of that has disappeared just because of the internet and because of the obsessive nature of draft coverage. You know, Milt point blank said, you know, it's so rare that, you know, you come across a name or a guy that you don't know at least a little something about. And if you don't, at least, you know, somebody in your building is going to, because it's so ubiquitous and it's so like the coverage of the draft and people unearthing everything about every player. It's just ongoing 365 and, the internet has made it so kind of easy to access all of that. It's very rare. Now I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it couldn't happen or never happens, but it's just like most of those guys, they have files on, you know, it's not like you're going to find some dude you've never heard of, especially if you're working in personnel in the NFL. But all of that said, you put a guy in a game situation, some players, some prospects, you know, maybe they don't test the best or whatever. And then they get in the game they show they're a gamer. They're show, they show they've got a little something extra. They've got a little wiggle. Maybe you didn't see the athletic testing. Maybe they, they showed you the consistency that maybe you didn't see in their college tape, et cetera. And that is something that can help maybe open an eye, get you a workout, et cetera. So I think from that aspect, it's a great kind of development for the game of football in general, but for the NFL in particular, just the sense that a lot of guys like at, at that level, Sometimes, for whatever reason, they just need to play and haven't had the opportunity to do, to really do it in an actual game environment, live hitting, etc. You know, sometimes that's what it takes. And if guys just, if you just find one guy, then that's that's a win. It's a big, big win. All right, buddy. I'm gonna have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.